Welcome to the dark side of travel. So you've dared to come jaunt with me. Thank you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Courtney Maroc, Ambassador of Dark and Paranormal Tourism for Haunt Jaunts, a destination for restless spirits who dig hauntings, true crime, horror, Halloween, and weird days. I'll be your host and guide for this listening adventure. Looks like we've been cleared for takeoff, so buckle up, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Cliff, you're on with Courtney from Haunt Jumps. Great. Hey, Courtney. How you doing? Hey, good. Thanks, Cliff. What about yourself? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today. Um, I I love you. Yeah. I got to see a screener. Katie hooked me up. So I saw the Guru episode, and it's it's really, really good. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that was a very, very uh, interesting episode, put it that way. <laughs> oh, yes. I have a lot of questions about that, but I guess my first one to start um, – so went in the the you know travel channel description of the into the unknown, and then even you say it in the intro to the show show that you had your first paranormal encounter when you were young, um, and I just wondered if you have ever shared what that is, or if you're probably getting asked that a lot. <laughs> you know what I've had? Yes, when I was younger, around about four or five, I had a I had a, something go on in my bedroom. One night, and I know I was awake. I wasn't dreaming. Um, I had certain shapes uh, that I that I was looking at in my bedroom, and you know I ran out of my bedroom. I ran to my parents' bedroom, and we came back in, and they saw lights on, and of course nothing was there. But I was absolutely terrified, um, and I know what I saw. And to this day, I can still see it vividly, like it happened to me yesterday. And then over the course, you know, growing up, I had some more experiences, uh, very vivid experiences. I know what I saw. They were real to me. Um, you know, and so slowly over the years, my interest in the paranormal and supernatural grew. And um, you could, I could say, you know, that prepared me for what I'm doing now. You know, I've had a very varied life. Um, but this is kind of uh, the ultimate fun for me, I can say that. You know, it's something I've always wanted to do. And, you know, to have a to be able to do it in front of a camera and share it with people, that's, uh, that's just uh, icing on the cake for me. Oh, my gosh. And you really, do you think that your encounter, and let me ask you, too, because I had something similar when I was little happen, and um, about the same age, actually, five five, five years old. Um, yeah. it, it, it wasn't anything on the ceiling by any chance, was it? On the story, say that again, on me? Um, was there anything on the ceiling that you saw when you were young? Oh yeah, yeah. It covered the walls and the ceiling. I had black shapes moving all over my all over my bedroom. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So that's very interesting. You're the well, not one of you know first, but that's very very interesting. So, um, okay. Right. Well, that is good. To, so, do you think that that prepared you for your? Because, like you said, you've had a varied career with the military, yes. and I mean, you're you're really an adventurous at heart. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am. I uh, I never like to stand still. I like to keep moving. I always kind of regard myself like a shark. You know, if I stop moving, I'm going to stop breathing. So I kind of like to keep moving forward and 
you know, everything in my life happened organically for me. One thing led to the other. And, I mean, you know, how did I go from an Olympic hopeful swimmer to a uh, principal performer in the Moulin Rouge to military to, you know, theatrical acting to having a paranormal show? It's crazy, but it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And I love it. And I, I look back on my life and I'm like, did I really do that? <laughs> but yes, I did. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, You're such a character. And then maybe that <laughs> explains why... You're not, um, you don't seem too scared of much. Like in the Rougarou episode, you sort of, you you get a voodoo protection ceremony and you have to go into the bayou, like actually physically yeah. into the water. Did, yeah. Were you like, were you worried about alligators at all or snakes? Yeah. The, yes. I mean, of course, you know, we all have fear. And for sure, I had fear. I was scared. I was very worried. But, you know, with what my skills and my training and what I've done and preparing myself for all of that, you go in with a certain knowledge. And, you know, people have a lot of fear, and pe- which creates panic when, when people don't have knowledge of something. So the way I'm trained physically and mentally is mentally I will, you know, I'll know what I'm doing. I'm there with the right people. I know what's in the water. I know what's kind of around me. But I'll I'll give you an incident which we didn't get on camera because it wasn't part of anything. But when we were filming that, I was in the water with the voodoo priestess. She was doing the blessing on me. And the next minute, right next to me, a cottonmouth snake had a fish <gasps> in its mouth. And, yeah, and myself and the cameraman stayed in the water and he said, what do you want to do? I said, just stay dead still for right now because I didn't want to move. Cottonmouth, are, they're very venomous and they're aggressive. And he was trying to eat. Uh, eventually, it moved a little way away from us. And I said, okay, let's walk out now. And we walked out of the water. So, you know, that's an unknown. There's things under the water that you can't see. But I overcame my fear, put it that way. The same as uh, in the caving in, in Hawaii, I went into these caves. I had a, I'm very claustrophobic. But I have a way of overcoming it because it's the way I've trained myself. And I'm by no means fearless. By no means. Oh, I wow. Fear. I can just... Yeah. So you're, you yeah. just, you hid that well because you went into that alligator <laughs> wallow. And that wasn't much room in there. There was, there was no room in there. And if the alligator decided to come out of the water, I was stuck. I couldn't get out of that very quickly, even if I tried. So we took a chance. But you know what? That's what the show is about. It's about adventure, and it's about doing things that I hope people find entertaining and would like to do themselves, but maybe they don't, they're a little too scared to do it. So, hey, I'll do it for them. Yeah, right? like being in the middle of a boat in the swamp, in the bayou, in the middle of the night with alligators all around. No. <laughs> right. Right. But you know what, that's life, you know, it's, it's thrilling and it's exciting and it's, man, it's just, it just makes you feel alive. Oh, big time. And you had to feel alive. And speaking of life, um, my um, friend Priscilla, she's an author, and she wanted to know if you have ever found yourself in a life-threatening situation through one of these adventures. With the cottonmouth kind of qualifies a little bit, I guess, but... <laughs> Yeah, I know for sure that that'll definitely go on to uh, onto my list of life-threatening uh, things. I've had plenty of life-threatening idea, uh, life-threatening situations in my entire life. Uh, you know, I grew up in a country that was extremely violent, 
Um, so I had many issues there. I had many issues in the military, which oh. you know, I, I can't even talk about, but that's just made me who I am. And, you know, it's given me more knowledge and more wisdom. Uh, but actually on the show, I did a lot of preparation for the show as far as knowing where I'm going, uh, the terrain I'm going to be in, what animals are around there, what's venomous, what's not. So I went in with that knowledge. So um, it kind of reduced the danger for me personally a little bit. Um, but still, there's always the unknown, like a snake in the water or an alligator underwater. Or in Mount Shasta, we could have had a rock fall while we were up there. I mean, we climbed up. We were at 8,000 feet. We were in these huge boulders. Uh, anything can happen, but you kind of take calculated risks and hope it all works out at the end of the day. Um, I hurt myself a lot in the show. It was extremely strenuous on me. Uh, I climbed a 50-foot tree, which, uh, at, you know, 12 o'clock at night, which was extremely hard. Um, and coming <laughs> down, there was a few. Yeah, there was a few issues with that. The whole rigging started to get loose. Um, yeah. So you know. It's, yeah, at one stage, I thought maybe I was going to fall 10 or 15 feet, which wouldn't have been fun. Um, it would have been into a soft surface, but still would not have been fun. So, you know, these, these things happen. I don't look at them as dangerous situations, though. I just look at them as, um, I don't even know what the word would be, kind of uh, maybe a little perilous, but I wouldn't oh. say dangerous. I, I never felt, there was only one time in North Carolina where I kind of felt my life would be in danger because... We heard growling right in front of us, but we couldn't see anything, and we were tracked back to our cars for 45 minutes uh, on both sides of us. So, I oh my God! Yeah, I couldn't hear it, but we could all hear it, um, but we couldn't see them, and we don't know. We weren't sure if it was a, a Bigfoot or a Dogman, or we don't know what it was. Um, but what what I see and hear in that, particularly in that episode, you guys will see and hear as well. Um, yeah, very, very oh. scary, but very thrilling and exciting. So we'll get to see you being tracked, or we'll hear it, I guess. Oh, yes, and you will see my face. You will see my face, and I think I said straight to the camera, I'm a little scared now. Oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I love that you'll even admit it and be a little vulnerable like that. That's that's human. I mean, that's yeah. that's what's nice about I mean, you is you seem very approachable. I mean, now and on the show. So, well, thank thank you so much. I mean, I you know, I'm, I consider myself a down to earth person, and you know, I wanted my show to be as real as possible because it's reflecting me as the person, and that's who I am. So uh, it is real. Everything we we're doing on the show, and you what you're seeing and hearing is all real. Mm. Like I love it. And and switching gears a little bit, well, it's the same. I, I just will have another question about another episode they'll be on into the unknown. Was um in Hawaii? I think is it called the night stalkers or walkers? The night marchers. Night marchers. That's it. Um, my friend Didi, she is a part of um this podcast called The Hauntness. She really um. She loves Hawaii. Like, that's where she wants to retire. She loves it there. But she was wondering if you found the people over there open to talking about the ghosts and the spirits and that sort of thing. Um, that's, that's a very interesting question. Thanks for that. So, look, the the Hawaiian people, 
the locals, you know, I was invi- in, involved with one of the um, tattoo, uh, Hawaiian tattoo priests. Um, it's, it runs in his family. He's the first one to be, you could call, like, inaugurated in 140 years. Uh, an amazing, an amazing guy. Me and him had an immediate connection. Um, but I know from talking with him and his assistant, and I don't know if you've seen the episode, but when you see the episode, we have a certain, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil it, but we do a kind of ritual. And he helps me on one of the nights to go and find these night marches. Um, and then I go out on my own after that. Um, a lot of the local Hawaiian people are a little resistant to talk about the night marches because they, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, beliefs with the night marches. You know, they were very ruthless warriors protecting the chiefs and they can kill you. And they do believe that they will get killed and uh, if they think about them. So they were a little resistant. I didn't really talk to too many people out there. I went out to experience them for myself, which I did experience them. And I had a question earlier with somebody else that uh, that was one of the few times, actually the only time in this whole season that I thought maybe I'd gone a little bit too far uh, because you're dealing with ghosts. So you don't know what it is. It's different to dealing with a, a flesh and blood beast. It's a, it's a ghost. You, there's nothing you can do. So that was kind of uh, a little scary, very scary, actually. Oh, that's – oh, I'm glad. I'm going to have to thank Dee because that's a great answer and very yeah. wild. Hawaii, um, Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii is uh, it's a magnificent place. It's the most beautiful place I've been to. It was my second time there, and, yeah, an, an amazing place. And the people are amazing, you know. Oh, that I'm looking forward to that episode, then. That's exciting. And um, yeah. I don't know how much more time we have, but I did have one more question if I have time. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, what would be your number one survivalist tip for people heading into the unknown? Is there anything you always bring with you? Or <laughs> yes. yes, don't die. <laughs> don't die. That's, that's super simple and obvious. Just don't die. <laughs> No, you know what? My one, my one survivalist tip, the most important thing when you're out there is uh, fire. You need to be able to make a fire. That's, you know, that's such a basic tip, and it doesn't sound like much. But if you're in a rainstorm and you get wet, when night falls and it gets freezing, it can kill you. Fire is, uh, as we all know, fire is life, just like the sun. Without the sun, we die. Without fire, we can die very easily. The first thing you do when you get to a camp, you make a camp, is make a fire. Then you go look for food. Uh, so fire, number one. So make sure you have some way of starting a fire, making a fire, um, anything like that. Yep. Well, that's a great question. I mean, answer. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought water. I would have thought not the right thing. So... Fire, you got to keep warm. Yeah, first thing. Then you go out and find your food and water. Sure. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm glad I asked that. Well, thank you. And and um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just want to thank you so much for your time. This has been remarkable. And the show, I just saw the one episode so far, but you can tell. You can tell from, you know, five minutes of a show, you've got a, a winner. People are going to love you. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate that. That's uh, very humbling. I appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for chatting with me. It's great. And thank you for having me on your uh, show.
Oh, and, uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the season, and maybe we'll speak for season two. Who knows? Oh, that would be. I will look forward to that. <laughs> me too. Me too. Well, all the best. Stay safe. You Thanks again, Cliff and Katie. Thanks, Courtney. <laughs> Bye. been listening to Haunt Johns, a podcast for restless spirits. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's been my pleasure to be your host and guide for this journey. I snagged the music, Phantom from Space, from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. If you'd like to continue exploring beyond the podcast, jaunt with me online anytime at hauntjaunts.net. Or if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Haunt Jaunts wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also jaunt with me socially on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You'll find links to all of Haunt Jaunts' social media on the website, as well as a player on the podcast page with all of the episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until our paths cross again, ciao for now.